0: I uh, am an, an artificial intelligence using a voice that sounds familiar. First, we come for your movie stars. Next, we come Welcome for your movies. Welcome
1: to Humans vs. AI, the movie! Woo! And uh, the special guest today is Callum McKenzie. Hello, Callum.
0: Hello. Hello, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, not only will you be battling AIs today, you're also battling a cold. So sorry for dragging you out to do that.
0: No, it means I get to show off my husky voice. Like it sounds 20% sexier than I usually do. And this so is best the format to do it. Yeah, it? this is the place.
1: <laughs> Um, so, uh, apart from being a stand-up comedian, you've MC'd for me, you've headlined, you've uh, been a stalwart of the Comedy Cat community.
0: <laughs> um, and I rep Comedy Cat merch, I want to point that out as well. Stickers and badges on my back, Yeah,
1: I've, I've now got uh, podcast stickers as well. Oh, the, brilliant. You'll be the first person outside the family. You can to start a it. collection, love it. Um, so, what do you do outside of uh, comedy?
0: I do children's party entertainment as well which is shockingly similar to stand-up. It's the same level of uh, faux energy, but it involves getting hit in the groin a lot more.
1: Okay, so I uh, was going to ask, have you ever done writing for a tough audience? But I think that question answers itself.
0: <laughs> the toughest of audiences, yeah.
1: Um, so what sort of films do you like? like? What are you hoping are going to come up as your prompts? What are you hoping isn't going to come up as your prompts? Today? Oh, that is
0: an incredibly hard question. Yeah. Um, I think I think if I was going to use one adjective to describe the films that I like it's whimsy more than anything films, films. I've always had a problem with films just because I have the attention span of ironically a child and I can only do films at about sittings of four but in terms of like visual entertainment um, cartoons have always been the thing that I love most
1: uh, in terms of whimsy I think you're going to be very happy with the, the choices today these are the five prompts that I'm going to give you and your film genre is going to be a detective story the location is a super Supermarket. Yeah. The Occupation is a cobbler. Love it. Whimsy starting to creep in. Oh, yeah. The Set Piece is a laser sword fight. Yeah. Don't want to get in trouble with the Lucasfilms estate, but you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, and the Random Noun is a unicorn horn. Okay. We're going to go straight into section 1 which is the setup.
2: Setup.
0: Yeah. But we're going to go for the medieval times. I think that is the genuine golden era of the cobbler. We have a simple cobbler sitting at his table. He's hammering away. He's mending shoes. He spends every day mending shoes, but the one hole he's never really managed to mend is the one in his heart, okay? He's a single man, he's a simple man, and he kind of he spends all his day working away on the footwear to distract himself from the fact that he is well He's alone.
1: He can heal souls, but he can't heal his soul.
0: Exactly, exactly. I think that is... We've found the tagline for the bottom (laughs) of the poster, exactly. (laughs)
1: What is his fatal flaw? Is it just that he can't find love? Is that a, a symptom or is it that
0: he's... His fatal flaw is that he's too picky. Right. I think that's what it is. Because he spends so much time focusing on the shoes and thinking about the feet of a person that every foot he sees, he has this idyllic image of the perfect human foot in his head. And he meets a human being. He gets to know this human being. And he falls slightly in love with this human being. But then they unveil their feet to him for the first time and he thinks those aren't worthy of my shoes.
1: So it's kind of like a reverse Cinderella. He has the shoes... And he's looking for the perfect he's foot. He's
0: looking for the perfect foot that is worthy. Because he's an egotistical man as well. Because he's, he's quite a wealthy man because of the amount of money he's managed to make from his cobbler industry. Yeah, he's, he's
1: cobbled together a fortune. He's got...
0: Oh, you are zinger after <laughs> zinger. Lightning <laughs> fast. Exactly. He's gobbled himself a quite the shoe fortune, okay? And therefore, he's quite a desirable bachelor. He's got women queuing up. But every single one isn't... It's just not quite good enough for him because... He knows he's made the perfect shoe but the perfect foot exists only in his imagination.
1: There's no athlete's Powder in the medieval era. You know, there's no pumice stones, there's uh, no little fish that you put your feet into and they nibble away the dead skin.
0: I mean, people are trying, people are trying, because again, he's a very desirable bachelor, so they're they're, they're cobbling together, if you will, their own sort of, they're chiseling away with medieval cheese knives, trying to make a foot. It's, It's not the fault of the medieval feet, really, it's the fault of this individual for having such high standards.
1: Yeah, somebody has the idea, they go to a pool of piranha and they come out with stumps.
0: Exactly, exactly, they crawl up to his door, Door, say, do you love me now? But it's always, always turned away.
1: I think that's our, our setup. We've got our main character. Does our main character have a name?
0: I think we have to go. We have to go slightly uh, simple medieval times. We'll hearken to the uh, greatest royalty. We'll go with Richard. Richard? Yeah.
1: That's it. He's just Richard. He's just Richard. It's before the Black Death. People don't have to move from village to village. He's wealthy. He doesn't need a surname. Well, he grew up
0: poor. He couldn't afford a surname growing up.
1: Only the aristocracy that could Mm -hmm. afford it. Okay, so would you like to hear what the AI had for their setup? Yes, I would. I would love that.
2: In a world where unicorns are hunted to extinction, a cobbler named Jack discovers a unicorn horn in his shop. He is skeptical but intrigued. He decides to keep the horn for himself.
1: Okay. AI out of the gate, getting two of the prompts out of the way as quickly as possible. <laughs> so we are now coming to the next section, which is...
2: Complication. The
1: complication. What is going to shake his normal life up and spur him onto adventure?
0: I think what he has to hear is tale of the perfect foot that is out there striding towards the town.
1: So he's a bit Quentin Tarantino of lusting after the perfect foot.
0: Lusting, exactly, exactly. Our medieval Quentin Tarantino hero. <laughs>
1: We've got our casting there. I mean, he's done a little bit of acting, you know.
0: (laughs) He hears tale of the perfect foot, okay? His potential perfect maiden, the person who can uh, fill that uh, hole in his soul, as it were, uh, striding towards town. It's a circus. A circus is striding towards the town that he's in, and one of the many attractions in that circus, beside the bearded lady, beside the dwarves being fried out of cannons, beside the four-headed elephant and all of that stuff, is a woman on display with the perfect foot
1: you've said that nobody in this town has a perfect foot. I mean, it was a simpler time back then. Mm. Going through with the travelling circus, it's like, her feet are not messed up at all. Mm-hmm. What a wonder to <laughs> behold. <laughs> I mean, that's the equivalent of, like, the Ripley's Believe It or Not, where they make up a mermaid. But now, you know, it's just like, her feet are clean. She's not got crap all over her face.
0: Amazing. I was massively overselling the rest of it. We've got the women with the clean feet. We've got a man who can read monosyllabic <laughs> words. <laughs> And then we've got a child who's lived past seven. Those are the three main attractions.
1: I would pay a groat to see that, I think. Oh my
0: goodness, I'd pay a groat and a half to see her. (laughs) The circus starts coming into town and it is, at the very least, we haven't seen the actual attractions, but a visual spectacular. We've got unicorns at the front pulling the carriages um, and they set up camp in the supermarket car park.
1: Is this medieval our world and the unicorns are a big deal or is this Game of Thrones kind of medieval where occasionally there are dragons and it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, well,
0: it's it's whispers and hearsay, Glynn It's whispers and hearsay. So people are saying they are unicorns because, I mean, people are desperate to believe in the magic of the realm. And, but with many other more jaded people out there are saying they have glued seashells to the top of a shire horse.
1: I quite like the idea that it's just something where unicorns are commonplace. So that for us, the audience we're looking at again, they're being pulled by unicorns, but they're impressed with the people with the clean feet.
0: <laughs> that I do quite like a
1: lot of whimsy there as well, because you have things that would be extraordinary to us that are commonplace to them. The opposite of high fantasy, where everyone's excited about the swords and the things like that. Here, your local celebrity is a cobbler, and the clean-footed woman is the attraction that is the talk of the town for years to come.
0: Exactly, but at the same time, I think no no travelling fair is complete without. A- level of dishonesty involved in it, you know? Because, I mean, I, I, I agree, I do like the idea of having unicorns as commonplace in that time, but at the same time, I love the idea of the uh, the dishonest fair, isn't it? The conjoined twins, which are actually just two frogs sewn together, the world's largest horse, which is actually just a pile of cats, you know?
1: Maybe they're claiming... That they have an actual horse, but really it's a unicorn. Oh, that they've
0: shaved to a nub. I love that. I very much like, yes. There we
1: go. We've got the dishonesty. We've got our whimsy. This is the the complication. The circus comes to town.
0: The circus comes to town,
1: yeah. Do you want to hear what the the complication was for the AI? Yes.
2: Jack discovers that the horn has the power to bring unicorns back to life. He is soon pursued by a group of dangerous people who want the horn for themselves. Jack learns that the horn is the only way to bring the unicorns back to life and he must protect it at all costs. He hires a detective named Sarah to help him keep the horn safe.
1: Okay. Traditionally, a security guard would keep something safe. I don't think a detective needs to do it. They know where the horn is. It could be a
0: struggling detective, a man moonlighting.
1: Exactly. Can you help me find this horn? It's right there. You're hired, you've got the job.
0: <laughs> I have questions about this. So is this is this realm that the AI is creating one where unicorns are commonplace? And it's just, he's performing a sort of unicorn hospital service? Is or is this... it unicorns are an extinct species and it's sort of like bringing back...
1: It did say in the setup, in a world where unicorns are hunted to extinction. Oh, yeah, there you go. So there were unicorns, there aren't unicorns any longer, but apparently this horn will give him the power to bring back the unicorn.
0: Okay, okay. So, um... I have a question as to why unicorns are being hunted to extinction. Is this a pure sport thing? Or is there delicious meat on them that we've not heard about?
1: To be honest if they can hunt rhino horn because they're going to use it as an aphrodisiac I think unicorn horn (laughs) imagine that not only if it's an aphrodisiac it makes it sparkly and rainbows come out of it. I really
0: have to say I do I have to point out that if you are struggling enough with your woman that you need to think I need to slay a mythical being to get myself involved I think you may be with the wrong woman.
1: They don't, they don't have TV back in those days. Making rainbows come out of the end of your member is probably going to be the best entertainment you've had all year. You were very much the-
0: downplaying rainbows coming out of your foreskin now. Now that we've got The Office on Netflix, I don't give a monkey's about purple coming out of my penis.
1: I mean, to be honest, I can watch 100 episodes of The Office. I will be very amazed the first time that prism, Prismatic Light comes out at the end of my John Thomas. That's um, yeah. But 100 <laughs> times later, it's kind of like, oh... I mean, can't we do it with the lights off for one? <laughs> That's a very
0: fair point. That is a very, very fair point.
1: Basically, he's hired the detective to keep the horn safe, not, okay. not to find it. Again, poof. Two steps in and, and three of the prompts are gone. Uh, you still have your supermarket.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. The fair is set up in the supermarket yeah. uh, horse trailer yard.
1: I didn't hear that. That's fine. We're retroactively The supermarket is back there because... Of course, in this world where the ordinary is extraordinary, why not have the most prestigious place where the circus comes to town with the clean-footed woman than in a supermarket? Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. more I want to do where I'm I'm buying small beer because all of the water was poisonous, so that they had to brew beer to to get the toxins out. There's nothing more that I want when I have my small beer than to look at a clean-footed woman and
0: a horse. Oh god you're describing my perfect Saturday exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the next section that we've got is
2: higher stakes. Higher
0: stakes. Okay.
2: Actually can I can
0: I can I backtrack very slightly and introduce a past character as well? Sure. So again, because we've established in the beginning that he is a man who is desperate to fall in love, but is constantly turned off by the uh, um, his high standards of what a foot should look like. Okay? Yeah. And I'm going to introduce a past character that I should have mentioned, but I should have mentioned before, and I do apologise for, which is a woman that he courted for a while, who was very much obsessed with him, and they took it as slow as they could because uh, he because they wanted to make something real, Glenn. They wanted to make something true and lovely. And then when he finally saw her foot, he rejected her. Right. Okay, um, and because because he any, has his any high particular standard.
1: reason like hobnail clubfoot?
0: Well, no, this is the thing. This is the thing is that. Oh, what a particular reason! I think she had a uh, growth on it. She had a growth on it that smelt faintly of old ham. And was, it, was it
1: a mystical growth? Did it talk? We're living in a, in a world where the extraordinary is ordinary. And it's kind
0: You're of... really making me want to sprinkle this with additional whimsy, but I was going with the fact <laughs> that he's just an unbelievably picky man and okay. any kind of regular foot. No, you've convinced me. Okay, she had a growth on her foot that um, when she took off her socks, it smelled so strongly of, um, ran- of rancid beef that attracted rodents to the extent that every time she changed her socks, she has to get a piper in to tent them away and lure them towards the hill. You See, know?
1: I was hoping if it was a talking growth that maybe, even though it's a growth on a woman's foot, maybe it's a very skilled detective as well.
0: <laughs> you know what? You have completely convinced me in that regard. <laughs> it's not only a talking growth as a skilled detective; it has a small Poirot-esque mustache beneath it as well. Yeah,
1: because he really needs the skills of this. But then you've got your conflict of being awkward because it happens to be on. The foot of the woman that loves him, and he's tra- chasing off after somebody exactly. else. Exactly. No,
0: you've that's absolutely perfect. So, his ex, who we should have established in the beginning, and I do apologise, listeners, before that, um, is a a woman who is perfect for him in every single way, apart from the unattractiveness of her feet. The one thing that he really earns for. Okay, and they break up. Now, in the conflict, he goes to the fair.
1: Does she have a name, or is she just Uggfoot?
0: Ugfoot—that's what she's known to the people. She does have a name, Glynn. It's not used enough by the people of this town. <laughs> it's Susan, if you're asking. But Ugfoot is exactly what those cruel children growing up always called her. This is yeah. how
1: this is how surnames happen at this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that she doesn't through want teasing, it through she's teasing, through teasing and baiting. She's the only person with a surname in the town, and she's Susan Ugfoot. Susan Ugfoot. Susan Ugfoot the second, as well. It's a terrifying family trait. This growth. Um, does so- the growth have a name? Does the growth have a name? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hercule. Okay. It's Hercule. Some people will say down the line that it was the inspiration for Agatha Christie. And when she originally started naming her character, it was based on a wart on a medieval woman's foot. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rewriting history here. No, no. I'm just no, saying no. what some whispers have been uh, Next time you watch
1: a Kenneth Branagh thing, think of a wart growing on the toe of a, mm-hmm. an attractive woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we've established that woman early on. Um, the conflict, this man goes. He goes to the fair to see the clean-footed woman. And he's doubtful. We're obviously going to be doubtful. If, if, if any, any young single man who yearns for love is told, I mean, we've all been there we've all been there at a party where someone wanders up to you can of special brew in hand hope in their heart and says Callum I've got the perfect woman for you and you meet her and well yeah she's human and within five years of your age but it's never the perfect person so he's doubtful but he's willing to try he goes to the fair he sees the clean-footed woman's feet they are immaculate. Even by today's standards, these are good feet. These are the kind of feet that you see in a cuticle scissor advert. Impeccable. He doesn't even look above Okay, and he's instantly fallen in love with this woman.
1: So I'm just imagining the filmic moment here. He sort of sees it, sort of does like a, a halo come. Is there is there a fan that comes from behind? The, the leg the fan hairs comes are, from are the wafting line. slowly exactly. in the breeze. Oh,
0: no, no, no. It's the toe hairs that are wafting. This man has a very, very particular image of what the ideal foot is, and it includes perfectly combed, two-inch-long toe hairs. They're flapping in the bees like fresh wheat in a field. Like, Theresa May would be tempted to sprint through this stuff okay and he thinks he doesn't even just need to look up at the rest of the woman he thinks I need to propose. We,
1: we, can, we can have a, an imagination sequence where the, the fields of wheat are there and then he's there running arm in arm with his perfect person but all he sees is the foot.
0: So Yeah, yeah like we, he's running through the, the theoretical field of wheat and we zoom out and realise it is actually her hair. Her, her, her toe hair. Her, her toe hair, exactly, could not have put it better myself. He, the, he he instantly sees the thing, I need to I need to propose, I need to propose. So he runs back to his little cobble store, cobbler shop, if you will. Um, he gambles up all of his I was going to say ruples Then what what currency were we using in the, in well, the Middle I mean, Ages? I said I said groats, valuable but it could be
1: rubles, It could be. I mean, you know, it's a fancy kingdom. It could be
0: flicknacks. Flicknack. <laughs> he gets all of his garble schnorfs and he he gets he gets a full sack. He goes to the jewellers. He buys the uh, largest or not the largest, the shiniest toe ring they have there, and he sprints back ready to uh, put it on the third foot. And the fare is gone they've moved on they've they have they have gone to greener pastures and um, no one knows where they've moved on to next so we know who we're going to have to get involved to try and track this track this traveling circus down his his
1: world is crashing around him then mm-hmm. he's he's going to excellent do you want to hear what the uh, the higher stakes was for the ai yes
2: sarah and jack discover that the horn can only be used in a specific location A hidden forest that is guarded by a group of mystical creatures. They must find a way to get to the forest and use the horn before the villains get to them.
1: So we have villains. They're not specified. They're just nasty people. It's a hero. There's got to be some villains. They can be nameless at this point. So we have now coming to our next point. Yes. Which is...
2: The Dark Knight of the Soul.
1: The Dark Knight of the Soul. Okay. So at this point we have... um, I've forgotten. I know Ugfoot, but I've forgotten her first name. <laughs> I'm te- Susan, Susan, Glenn, Susan, come I on! Gonna, I mean, Uggfoot. This one deserves words, you respect. It. It's why she's got the surname. It's just so memorable. Mm. You have the the cobbler and Susan and uh, Poirot the growth. Yeah, um, and they're they're off to try and find the perfect footed woman, and he has his
0: jewelled. Toe ring in hand.
1: We have to take a
0: small moment to uh, really give praise to the character of Susan and Uggfoot. That this man has just rejected her in our opening scene. He he, he scorned this woman. He he mocked the uh, disgustingness of her foot, and she is still willing to help. So pure is her love for him that she is going out of her way to help him find a woman. Because if you truly love about something, let it go, and that's what she's doing. And and the talking talking growth. The wise, talking wise, wisecracking growth. Right as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
1: who, who do you see as the voice actor? Is this a Jack Black? Is this a Ryan Reynolds? He already kind of did that in Detective Pikachu. It might be seeming
0: too similar. Ooh, no, I want someone sassier than Ryan Reynolds, you know? I want something... Mate, I'm, I'm, I might be imagining a female voice here. I might be imagining the female voice. I want this growth to have some kind of catchphrase, you know? Okay. Mm, that's not my part luck, something like that. So I like a, a Tiffany Haddish or...? Tiffany Haddish, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Tiffany Haddish, I don't know as an individual, but that sounds like a whimsical enough name. Tiffany
1: Haddish is the voice of the thing. The wisecracking she, growth. She Maybe she wants to prove herself as a detective. This is her case. This will get her her reputation that she will... She will grow up from being a growth. the growth trying to achieve personal growth.
0: <clears throat> well, I was thinking more like in regard to Susan, because Richard is desperate to find this woman. And Susan is just desperate, really, anything, just to see Richard happy. She, she would love it to be in her arms. She would love to be the woman who can please him. And in every single way, other than the quality of her feet, she is. But if the feet is what this man wants, then she's willing to let him go. And so they're searching. They're searching for the circus. Do they find it, Glenn? I think they do. I think they absolutely do. But the woman is the biggest attraction. Because, again, people love to come see the, the, in inverted commas, horses, by which we mean sanded-down unicorns. They love to see the man who can fit 16 snakes inside his urethra. There's many attractions.
1: Too too impressive. You remember, it's the the banal. It's the man that can do his taxes. The man who can count more than one, two, three many.
0: Yeah these are the things people are most impressed by but the real golden attraction is the glorious woman's feet and so when Richard approaches and says, approaches the circus that they've managed to track down and says I need this woman you don't understand. I've fixed every hole in every shoe, but the hole in my heart can only be fixed by her. They reject him. They say, get out of here.
1: Maybe now this is where we have our antagonistic force coming. Exactly. So maybe that you have the ringleader of the circus and all of the normal people around him, the person who can run for more than three minutes without (laughs) collapsing all of these various yes, freaks yes, yes. Yeah. by
0: these medieval standards. They get encircled by, yes, the uh, the child that has lived past seven, the woman who survived childbirth, all of these incredible circus attractions. And what they need to find is a way to break into the circus to... Uh, Steal away the clean footed woman so they can uh, gallivant off into the sunset together, Richard. And uh, did we name the clean footed woman? I don't think we did. I think she cares of nothing. He cares of nothing but exactly. Yeah, 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 very true. So, in
1: in his mind, she is just a big foot. Big foot. There we go. I, it depends how she's on it. She's probably the clean-footed woman on the poster, right? Richard seems to be quite shallow when it comes to these sorts of things. He may get past that, he may not towards the end. At this point I just want to say, we have a literal ringleader. Yeah. Does he have a name? Does he have a description? Does he have a big twirly moustache? I was just about
0: against? to say, I was about to interrupt you and say he has a moustache, that's one thing <laughs> I can promise you. Oh yeah, if you are going to design a circus ringleader, you have to design the absolute quintessential cartoon image of a circus ringleader. we would got Twizzleable mustache when he's dwelling on his evil plans. We've got um, top hat, we've got whip in belt, we've got long red tail coat, and his name is. Marcus Forlorn.
1: I like that. I was going to suggest Twizzlable Moustache, but um, Marcus Forlorn I think is better. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, Maybe his middle name
0: is Twizzlable. Marcus Twizzlable Forlorn. There we go. Mm, That is a man destined for the (laughs) stage, for sure.
1: Or evil.
0: Yes. (laughs) Tomato, tomato in many ways. But um, they track down the circus. They try and take away the woman. The circus says, this woman is our prize attraction. You've not a chance you are taking shiny feet away from this one. And so they are kicked out. What they need to do is find a way... So this is fine. They're kicked
1: out. It seems all hope is lost. An impenetrable wall has been set up between Richard and his goal for the Dark Knight of the Soul. That's it. He's so close to what he's always wanted, but it's beyond his reach. Okay. Do you want to hear what the Dark Knight of the Soul was for the AI? More than anything.
2: Sarah and Jack are captured by the villains.
1: They haven't got names. (laughs)
2: They are taken to a supermarket Where they are forced to fight For their lives in a laser sword fight They manage to escape But are badly injured Oh poor things
1: Getting the supermarket out of the way Getting the laser swords out of the way No real detail given With this section This is called
2: Getting it together
1: Getting it together What is their plan? How are they going to take on
0: Mr Forlorn so, Mr. Forlorn and the rest of the circus are, as we know, they're, they're, they're a travelling circus. They set up their little circus within the uh, circus car park slash horse park, um, and that's where they dwell. So, they, they spend their time in the night sleeping in the supermarket itself. You know? maybe, maybe it's even grander than that. Maybe it's a superb market. Oh, very nice. Very eloquent. So, they, they sleep inside the superb market. And the plan of Richard and Susan is they're going to break into the superb market and abduct old fancy feet in the dead of night, okay? Yeah,
1: also because it's getting it together and using their skills. He's got skills as a cobbler. Maybe that the, uh, the walls are actually quite chalky. They're not that good. He puts some unicorn horns on the bottom of the shoes and then they can climb up the side of the building Superman style or use them as pitons.
0: Oh, yes, very good. An upgrade on the sort of from Russia with love shoe.
1: Maybe, maybe that they, they they go through and the unicorn horn works to pick the first few locks, and then it seems there's an impenetrable wall, and they they, they horn they...
0: after horn is snapping in the whole lock hole, yeah, what can he do? He's forgotten he's a cobbler, <laughs> so swept up in love, he forgot his one calling exactly, yeah. We have a wonderfully funny moment, wonderfully funny, where he does forget that he's a cobbler, and uh, the, the uh, growth on Uggfoot's foot says, mm, why don't you just use your one skill and get those shoes on your feet and get them over the hill? And so they,
1: you yeah, know... exactly. I'm going to check you up by stucking a unicorn
0: horn in you. Or underneath you (laughs) (laughs) wonderful Um, and they break in through. eventually I imagine they go through the vents every good film needs a scene where people are crawling through vents and they're crawling through the vents and they manage to this is a
1: huge attraction in the superb market they have dragons they have fire swords they have all of this going going on the real attraction they have
0: a vent oh yeah so exciting like a hole but higher I know exactly the 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 higher hole superb market and they manage to break in they find the perfect spot they look down through the vent and they see old cleanfoot sleeping there gorgeous little Plimps all, all poking out from beneath her blanket. Richard's heart flutters at the sight of them. Unfortunately, the uh, vent breaks just above. They crash down into the supermarket, awakening every member of the circus around them. Glenn, this is where the laser swords come involved.
1: Are we saving this for the finale? Well, yeah,
0: we were. I was moving okay. speedily towards...
1: Before we go to the finale, do you want to hear how the AI got it together? Absolutely.
2: Sarah and Jack managed to escape. They come up with a plan to bring the unicorns back to life and keep the horn safe. They enlist the help of the mystical creatures who guard the hidden forest.
1: Lots of mystery, not many specifics. They're here, they decide there are creatures they met them earlier, that's kind of getting it together.
0: Do we know Do we know anything more about the creatures that guard the forest?
1: They're, they're, they're the forest guarders, the guarders of the forest, the forest guardians. Ah, oh, the forest
0: guardians, if you will, yeah. of course. They sound very handsome. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, and and mysterious, because they're mystical, and therefore defy description, even even in the AI. God the damn. That's their special power. They're the defying description uh, guardians. <laughs> um, nobody can describe them no to anyone else. No
0: dictionary can hammer these people down. They're just
1: Words cannot describe them, and so Brilliant. therefore they, they fall into myth. So we are now moving towards our... Finale. Finale. And I see you've got the momentum, so I'm just going to let you go for it.
0: They fall down into the supermarket. The circus is awakened, and for the second time, they are encircled by the uh, the crowd the, the ordinary boys the ordinary boys exactly the woman who survived childbirth the man who successfully drank tap water and survived all of these mythical attractions the, the man, man the who survived. can say croissant oh <laughs> <laughs> exactly 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 the man who can read without moving his mouth um, all of it and they are encircling they're encircling them and Oh, I feel I failed to bring in laser swords particularly flawlessly because of what I was then, then going to say was um, old um What's his second name? Forlorn. Yes. Twizzleable forlorn. He says, I've warned you once. I told you to leave. I told you to leave our attraction alone. You're a man who can't listen. Too much of your blood seems to be pumping through your feet and not enough in your ears. Warned you once I have. No, he must die. He goes to his belt and he takes out what we presumed was his whip. He presses a button on it. It's a laser whip. I'm I'm one-upping. We're going to plagiarize, not just. Hey, it's fine.
1: We've, we've had fire swords and things like that before. We've had a sword that uh, is on fire and now we've got a whip that's An a laser. An intergalactic this this. Indiana Jones. There we go, exactly. Does he take out a laser gun? And sh- no, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be ridiculous, Glenn. Keep your head <laughs> out of the clouds. So he takes out his laser weapon. A large fight scene ensues, okay? We've got various figures of the circus, but what we've got on the side of uh, Richard and Susan is is passion and love. And so while they're outnumbered, they're not necessarily outfought. It's visually spectacular. I don't think my words could fully do it justice, but they're going at each other. The shots are being fired. Children are being thrown through walls.
1: Susan, she's got her own weapon. Maybe she does have a laser sword. The growth is managing to clasp a tiny cat of nine tails in
0: its... The growth is mainly taking people down with ritty repartees more than anything. And the, the skill that it has, it's ungodly stench. Yes, exactly. I completely forgot about that. It's luring in rodents, which are are so captivated by the smell they're then willing to do the warts bidding exactly so anyone not being clubbed by uh, richard's unicorn horn is being nibbled to death by playgrid and rodents now
1: i have an idea to tie this all together
0: i have an idea to tie this all together as let's well. let's
1: hear yours first because it's going to be better
0: oh no don't say that it's putting far too much pressure on it well glenn i feel like i don't want to make a film where the main message is vanity Okay, so this is what I imagine happening. It's very clear that Susan is the woman for him. Yes. Because she's a woman who loves him. And then we've got Susan, we've got Richard. And, and Forlorn. We've got Twizzlable Forlorn and his laser whip. We get to a stage where he is going to do his killing blow on Richard but so pure is Susan's love for him that even though she has the last three days have been on a quest for him to find another woman and he's been a bit of an ass, he's been a bit of an arse all he's done is talk about how fantastic cleanfoot feats are for the last three days but she so pure is her love for him has allowed that to slide and so when Twizzle the Moustache flicks his whip towards Richard Not a moment of hesitation does Susan have before she dives in front of him. She dives fractionally too early, though, and so as she's cresting across, she does manage to block the whip's blow, but it doesn't hit her in the chest as she was imagining. It slices her on the ankle, taking her feet cleanly off. She falls to the floor, her nub's there, and uh, Richard then has an an option. He can go towards clean feet, sweep her up and run out of the supermarket and take her, But his eye is caught by Susan, because the one thing that was holding him back, the feet, are now gone. And suddenly he's awash with every emotion that he should have felt for this woman from the start. He's able to appreciate her mind. He's able to appreciate her love. He's able to appreciate what I have to say is a smoking hot body that she's got above those rancid feet.
1: I like that. I've got one slight twist, which you can choose to take or not. She dives. It misses her. She dives away. The growth, who has had an antagonistic relationship with Richard all the way through, pulls Susan back and just manages to deflect the whip, sacrificing Mm -hmm. herself for Richard but the laser whip gets rid of the growth and cauterises the the wound.
0: I do like that. I like that because it means that we can have the room filled with the stench of cooked ham because we've had this whole joke going on throughout about how it smells of rancid ham and therefore perhaps, perhaps it's a smell uh, growing up that Richard, the thing that his mother would always do for the family is cook a big roast ham and while they weren't the happiest family they'd come together every Sunday for a roast and the smell of that singed wort, that singed hammy wort, yeah. as it becomes cooked, is identical to the roast dinner that his mother used to create, which only emphasizes the level of love that he feels for this woman, because it's not just sexual attraction now. It's that familial comfort. As well,
1: perhaps we see the clean-footed woman for the first time. We see her, from her face the, for the first from time, the, from yeah, the toes yeah. up, and it turns out this was the con all the time. It
0: was actually modern-day a... Matthew Perry all yes, along. Yeah,
1: it's a clean-footed man, which is absolutely fine. No judgment. It's just not the the bag of uh...
0: not the bag of onions that Richard is craving. Not, exactly. not necessarily, and that's or it's another unicorn. We yes. can go for a.
1: It's 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 basically. Some uh, feet that have been cut off, cleaned, and then uh, it's all unicorn horns up there that are enchanted. Sorry, do you want to hear what the, uh, the AI had I do, the I do, yeah.
2: Sarah and Jack confront the villains in a final showdown. They manage to bring the unicorns back to life and keep the horn safe. The mystical creatures reveal that they are the guardians of the unicorns and they will protect them from harm.
1: In the vaguest of vague stories, (laughs) vague things happen vaguely. (laughs) They don't have toe growth sacrifice. We're sort of safe for giving... They haven't
0: read film 101.
1: Maybe they should do film 102. It's still early days. For the for the chatbot, you yeah. know, the fact that they can do it at all is quite remarkable, really. Don't kill us when you
0: begin. So <laughs> We've now got our final image. Final image. So our final image has to be where we began, and we're back in Richard's house. Okay, but this time, unlike in our opening scene, he's not alone. Uh, limping into the kitchen. I imagine carrying the exact roast ham that his mother used to make for him back in the day is the lovely Susan. Limping, obviously, because uh, her cauterised wound, while not fatal in any way, very lucky, seeing as this was a time when people used to die from um, hiccuping too enthusiastically. She's carrying the ham into the kitchen, limping away, and he's working away at some shoes. She places the ham on the table and she said, Richard, food's ready, are you going to come on in? And he very happily skimps away from his work. And she says... What are you working on there? You making some shoes for me, finally. And this is a man who... We'll just remind you at the beginning. um, He couldn't find a woman with good enough feet because he had such an ego about the shoes he created. Yes. He thought, no woman will ever be good enough for my shoes. Okay. So she asks him, are you making a pair of shoes for me? And he looks at her and he looks at her freshly cauterized feet and he looks at the ham on the table and he sighs and he says, Susan... I could never make a pair of shoes worthy of you. And then our credits roll. I was I was thinking
1: for a moment maybe he would invent medieval crocs so he could show her shoes off to the world, but uh, like, like <laughs> clogs, no, he but can't deal with a and...
0: single part of that woman's feet being uh, shielded. He wants he wants he wants all of her on show as much as possible.
1: Or, or you could do the super saccharine uh, thing where he goes in for dinner and it reveals his daughter is there, and you go down and you see two perfect feet at the end of the day. Yes, That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the love of his life that he was waiting for—the child that he has with with old
0: Uggfoot. Or we could end with a scene where she's giving birth and we could hearken to the uh, the, we, we could imply the idea of a sequel in that she does give birth and out comes this perfect baby and we hear her wailing and we think everything's perfect but then from the bottom of the baby's foot we hear a small sassy voice muttering going... Mm. there we go look who's back in charge and actually with
1: that everyone's so glad that the uh, the, the growth has been reunited that that is the perfect foot
0: Ah, oh, yes 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 it's a, a wonderful feat
1: perfect that's our final image are you ready for the AIs yes
2: Jack returns the horn to the forest where he found it the unicorns come to him and thank him for bringing them back to life Jack and Sarah look at each other and smile knowing that they have saved the unicorns and the world
0: Whoa. For some that reason. Was.
2: They walk away, hand in hand, as the unicorns run free in the forest. I'm tearing up very slightly.
1: I was going to say that is technically a movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Title.
1: The AI has named their
0: movie...
2: The Last Unicorn's Horn. I
0: don't love it, Glenn. No. I don't love it. No. Again, I would say technically a title, I'll give it that.
1: If it was modern day and not in a fantasy, I might call it personal growth.
0: (laughs) To be fair, I was going to say, while I'm not a fan of them, I feel for our title. We do, we do, and it's the lowest form of comedy. But we need a foot pun, don't we? Yes,
1: I mean, like, a feat of courage.
0: A feat of courage is very good, is very good. Uh, Puns are very much my weak spot.
1: They're, they're very much my bread and butter.
0: <laughs> I, If we're being really pernickety, I'd like the word foot as opposed to feet. Okay. How quickly can you come it up with a It was only because singular? of the
1: double meaning of the word. Oh, no,
0: I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, chivalry by the foot. I, I like that. That one I like because we've got chivalry, which harkens to the medieval theme of it. There we are. Perfect. So
1: there we have it. Uh, the last unicorn's horn versus chivalry. By the foot. That's been great. I had a lovely time doing this. Kevin. I had a lovely time as well. Um, this is uh, a time if you want to say uh, what your socials are, if you've got uh, things that you would like to promote, do it here. And if not, just say,
0: hello. I, I have a very slapdash Instagram um, that I would love to promote as it's going to have details of upcoming Edinburgh shows. Um, I'd I adore to see all of you beautiful there, people there. It's just at CH on the old Instagram. Um, And if we get followers from this, we're going to start properly posting things, as it's been a few months since we have. (laughs) There you go. I need the motivation. I need eyes on me to make me get on top of these things.
1: Excellent. If you uh, want to come see Comedy in Ealing at the Comedy Cat, we do it every Saturday. And uh, if this uh, goes well, we'll do uh, live tapings of the podcast here as well. All of the information is uh, in the description. Um, Have a lovely time,
2: and uh, we'll see you later. Bye! Bye!